This sermon was recorded at Christ Church Overland Park, a congregation that seeks to be a people fully alive in God's kingdom. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermins destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermins do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good evening. My name is Micah. I'm one of the deacons here at Christ Church, and I'm glad that you've joined us for this special service tonight. And today we begin a journey. It's a Lenten journey that starts now on Ash Wednesday and culminates on Easter Sunday with the resurrection of our Lord. And it's easy to understand why our journey ends where it does at Easter, but why is this our starting point? Why do we gather today to get ashes imposed on our foreheads and to remember that we're going to die. Well, I want you to hear that today is about an invitation. It's not a condemnation. The goal of today is not to leave depressed, hopeless, or worthless. Lent is a time to recalibrate, to repent. And hopefully the service tonight helps us start our Lenten journey off well with the right perspective and mindset. See, we live in this constant tension. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Do you see the tension here? That God has created beautiful things and gifts for us to enjoy in this life. And yet he has also set eternity in our hearts. And what does that mean? Well, there's a longing in all of us, a longing for something better than what this world can offer. There's something deep inside of us, even if we're not fully conscious of it, that yearns for eternal things. And every known society and civilization in the history of mankind, from 
prehistoric people 60,000 years ago to remote villages in the Amazon today, every single one of them exhibits some sense of this longing for the divine. Some sort of religious practice that points to something beyond themselves. And no one had to teach any of these peoples or civilizations what to do. It is inside all of us. Eternity is in our hearts. And yet, every single one of us will die. And we're reminded throughout the scriptures how short our lives are. In the book of Job, it says that our days on earth are a shadow. And Psalm 39 says, You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. And James 4 asks, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Pretty uplifting stuff, right? I mean, why would God create us to long for immortality, to long for eternal things, to want to worship what's beyond ourselves And yet he constantly reminds us that our lives are but a breath, a mist, and they're gone. Well, I want to be honest with you tonight. My greatest fear in life is death. And I wish it was something more simple and common like snakes or heights or cats or something. And it's not that I'm afraid of how I'm going to die or what happens after death. But I can get into these seasons where I'm afraid of all that I would miss out on if I were to die earlier than I hoped to. You know, I have dreams and plans, places I want to go, grandkids that I, I want to meet one day and love. And when I get in these ruts, it helps me if I remember that I'm a part of something so much bigger than my short life. That we have been invited to a greater story than the one that we try to write on our own. And that's what I hope you hear tonight. My prayer is that the reminder of our mortality would point us to the greater reality. A kingdom reality. Let's look back at our scripture reading from tonight, Psalm 103, and starting at verse 15. It says, the life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. See, in this psalm, King David starts by remembering all that God has done for him. He talks about how great God is, how high God is. And in doing so, David is reminded how short and fleeting his own life is. But he closes this psalm by putting his life in the perspective of God's kingdom. And even though David is a great and mighty king on this earth, he knows that his real worth, the real worth of his life, is in God's kingdom, because God's kingdom rules over all. And see, we all deal with this tension of our mortality and our longing for immortality in different ways. Some of us try to build up our own kingdoms, right? We say, you know what, I might not be here for long, but I'm going to make sure people know I was here. 
I'm going to milk this life for all it's worth. I'm going to go on the best vacations, live in the biggest house, have the nicest cars, go to the nicest restaurants, wear the most expensive clothes. My kids will have everything they could ever want. This life might be short, but it's going to be good. Or maybe some of us chase after security. And we say, if I build up enough savings, you know, if I'm careful enough, if I plan well, and, and I set up my kids well, then my life has meant something. And see, it's not that those things are, are necessarily bad in themselves, but they don't give purpose or meaning to our lives. And in the end, all of those things mean nothing. You were formed from the dust, and to dust you will return. And so what are we to live for? If our lives are such a small blip in the grand expanse of eternity, what gives our lives meaning? What is our purpose? Why are we here? Well, we were made to live for God's kingdom. His kingdom rules over all. And see, this isn't just a future kingdom we're living for. See, sometimes we can think that our salvation is just about our future, about where we go when we die. And that all of this is just about what's to come. And that our purpose here on earth is just to survive as best as we can. But the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. His spirit is with us now. The apostle Paul says in Ephesians that it is by grace that you have been saved. Not you will be saved. That you have been raised up with Christ that you have been seated with God in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. These are not just things that are to come. These are things that Paul says have already happened if you are in Christ. And so we cannot see our temporal lives on earth and our eternal lives as two separate lives. Let me say that again. We cannot see our temporal lives on earth and our eternal lives in Christ as two separate lives. As if our new life in Christ begins once this, once this earthly mortal life ends. No, we have already been given new life. You are a new creation. Eternal life starts now. Kingdom living has already begun. And not only that, Paul says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what have we been created for? For good works. And not just any good works, but the good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God has this amazing story going on, and he's saying, look, I wrote this part for you. Join the story. So if we want our short quick lives to mean something, then we should strive to walk in the good works that God has prepared for us in Christ Jesus. This means that though we are living in the world, our focus is not on the world. And as Paul says in Colossians 3, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
You hear this? Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And see, this is what Lent is all about. If you fast in Lent, it isn't just about escapism from the world. It's not just letting go of a few earthly things for a little bit, only to pick them right back up in 40 days. No, fasting is a refocusing. Lent isn't just about closing our eyes to the things of this world. It's a repenting. It's a turning of our eyes, of our hearts, of our affections from the things of this world to the things that are above, to Jesus. These next 40 days are a journey away from the things that we think give our lives meaning to whom and to what really gives us purpose. We fast to remember that there is a feast. We enter the wilderness to remember that there is a promised land. We stop writing our own story to remember that there is a greater story. And that the greater story isn't just about what happens after this life ends. The greater story is happening now. And God is saying, look, I want you to be a part of it now. He gives the invitation. Come to me. Come near to me and I will come near to you. And Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. God is saying, look, you do not have to be in the driver's seat of your life. You do not have to write your own story. Stop putting the pressure on yourself to make your life mean something. His kingdom rules over all. His ways are higher. He is our purpose. And so in just a minute, we're going to take the ashes, and one of us will mark your forehead. And for thousands of years and throughout the scriptures, the the ashes have been a sign of mourning, of repentance, of our mortality. But we don't just do a random swipe across your forehead. We mark it in the shape of a cross. Because it's the colliding of two realities, of two stories. Our mortality, our frailness, our weakness meets the power of the cross. The cross is no longer a symbol of death and fear. It is a symbol of hope, of love, and of life. And so when we say the words to you, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return Don't just hear these words as a reminder of your death. Hear them as a reminder of your life in Christ. That you have been called not to live for the things of this world, but that there is a greater story that is already unfolding and God has invited you to be a part of it. So don't miss out. Take advantage of this season to re-engage in God's story, the greater story. Amen.